Hi everyone! Welcome to our first episode of DigiDive. In this episode, we talk to a special guest, Hannah Ahn, who is an Associate Product Manager at Canva and also the co-founder of Next Chapter. Hannah started out as an intern at Canva straight out of high school before being offered a full-time role as an Associate Product Manager or without attending university. Vera and I sat down to discuss Hannah's advice for uni students as well as her experience in the entrepreneurial design and tech space. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, welcome to DigiDive, where we talk about all things digital. We have Hannah here today with us. Welcome Hannah. So if you could tell us a bit about yourself, what do you do and what excites you about your work? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, my name is Hannah. I'm currently a uh, product manager at Canva. Um, so I work on their social media team and um, their social media scheduler, and that's what I've been doing for the past few months. Um, currently, um, on the side, I also work on Next Chapter, which is my own startup. We run a newsletter where we send out um, careers advice and resources um, and the best tips and tricks for you to maximize your career opportunities to 7,000 subscribers. And um, I also um, am like very interested in startups. Um, I did try to go to uni earlier this year. Um, I ended up dropping out after four weeks. So yeah, that's a bit about me. I guess what excites me the most is uh, really helping people and kind of empowering young people in terms of their careers and um, figuring out what they want to do, um, which is why I work on Next Chapter. Yeah, um, so that our listeners can get to know you a bit more personally um, before we dive into the more work questions what were some hobbies or interests mm-hmm. you picked up during quarantine yeah for sure so during quarantine um, I'd say I picked up quite a few hobbies um, and for context last year I took a gap year so um, graduated in 2019 uh, wasn't going to do first year uni but I decided to take a step back and um, just take a break for a year um, and during quarantine I started learning Mandarin so I'm actually a Korean um, but I just decided to pick up a new language because I just kind of felt like it and I thought Chinese um, was super interesting um, and I also started doing pole dancing so that was also something. Wow well, that's a lot of stuff. Um, so how many languages can you speak? Oh I'm really terrible like I have terrible Korean and um, my Chinese is catching up so to be honest I'd, I'd say I can formally only speak one language but hopefully we'll get to be trilingual at some day. Okay, now we're going to dive into more about your role in product management. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what was the key takeaway from your intern experience at Canva? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, for a bit of a context for this as well, I during my gap year, I did a, a three to four month internship as the product manager at Canva. Um, and now they uh, they offered me a role afterwards and I decided to finish for my gap year and then I um, took it on this year. Um, so I would say my experience um, so far has been great. Um, in terms of during my internship, I learned a lot just about tech. So I think what's really interesting about school and perhaps university, maybe I don't have enough context on this, um, is the fact that it's very different from studying something versus actually working it right because you get to see the practical applications you're actually working in a team with engineers and for me because I didn't have a technical background in fact um, a lot of the stuff that I was learning was very new um, 
I felt that I was constantly learning things. And the thing about being a product manager in particular is you are always like the dumbest person in the room. Like you have all these ideas um, and you're meant to um, put together a vision. But I think what's important about being a product manager is actually getting insights from your team um, and then shaping your vision around those insights, building your own insights, um, like having interviews with customers and putting that together. Um, so I think that's what I really learned. It's like I'm constantly learning, especially in a product management role, because um, it's such a versatile role. I'm expected to do so many things, wear so many hats, um, also be able to give answers while at the same time constantly, constantly be curious. So you mentioned how you sometimes feel like the dumb person in the room. Um, yeah. <laughs> when you first started your internship experience, mm -hmm. um, did you feel a lot of imposter syndrome? Um, mm -hmm. How did you combat that? Yeah, I would say I definitely felt a lot of imposter syndrome. Um, and the reason being is because I was literally, um, I was 17 at the time and I didn't know anything that much in tech. And um, literally sometimes as well, people would go to like Friday night drinks and I like wouldn't even be able to drink because I was just too young. Um, so, so there was one part of like a social aspect because a lot of people there um, were grads or um, like 30 or fourth year uni if they were also doing an internship. Um, so it was very hard to relate on that level. And especially since it was like a product management internship, like to be honest, when I reached out to Canva, I wanted to become a product designer, um, but they offered me this instead. And like, that was very new. Like I had no clue what uh, product management was. Um, I was like, kind of just pushed into the deep end. Like when I first found out about me going into that role I was like whoa like really like me like I don't know if that's something I can do right um and so that was like a huge learning curve but like I'm really grateful that I was given the opportunity. But now thinking about how you wanted to be a product designer and you got mm -hmm. offered the product manager role um mm -hmm. which one do you prefer now and why? Yeah so uh during my gap year I also was a product designer for a bit and also during high school I worked as a graphic designer at a few education companies and I did a bit of freelance um I, I would say that I actually prefer <clears throat> my um role in product management and to me don't get me wrong I think both roles are very like equally amazing roles like I enjoy design um and I enjoy working with teams very closely <clears throat> I think I'm leaning towards product management though is because I would say I don't like to get stuck into the nitty-gritty details all that much like sometimes that is necessary for product management but particularly if you're a designer like you need to think about um, even designing very simple things so like what an empty state might look like what's the default state versus active state so it's like um, and like what does this button look like versus this button and like all the dialogue and pop-ups and all that sort of stuff um, so it can get very nitty-gritty I enjoy the component that you are designing something that a user will use. I think in terms of product management, though, I much prefer that because you are being able to um, create and set a vision. You're able to define what the strategy and roadmap might look like. And I really enjoy working with teams. Um, and you're kind of at the forefront of um, your stakeholders and you are the person that needs to know um, the answers to questions. Um, and I just enjoy um, being able to help people um, with their work and um, being able to support them in whatever way. So just to add on a bit, since you mentioned that you have to work with people with different technical skills, how do you keep up with that as a product manager? Yeah, for sure. So I think um, how you keep up with that is you just constantly have to be asking questions. Um, like you, 
need to be the one who knows the answers, but you also don't always know the answers. You don't always have the context. So it's like just reaching out to people, having those conversations, those one-on-ones, um, making sure on top of that. Um, also reading documentation. So another thing that people don't really say um, when you're a product manager um, is that probably like 40, 50% of the role is like writing documentation or like being like reading stuff and um, making sure that's all sorted so the team understands what the actual vision is, right? Because uh, you need to put stuff down the paper. Um, so I would say like that, like that's what it is. So trying to just educate yourself constantly, like learning, picking up new skills. Like you don't have to be the most technical person in the room either, but it's great to be able to understand data, um, be able to know why um, engineers are doing what, um, and also, yeah, just constantly asking questions. Like um, sometimes engineers will have all the answers in their head, but they won't be communicating it. So it's just like trying to uh, get that out of them. So that actually um, answers one of our questions. So like, what are the yeah. misconceptions about being a product manager? That <laughs> so that's great. Yeah. yeah. So were there any technical or soft skills that you had to learn that were crucial on your path to becoming a product manager? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would say there are soft skills um, and hard skills that are crucial to learn but what's interesting about being a product manager is it's very much of like a kind of t-shaped role or like uh, not necessarily t-shaped but like you need to have a lot of breadth and at the same time have depth in maybe one two or three subject areas right Um, and for me um, having that design background and understanding UX UI and um, what good design looks like that definitely gave me a spike in um, me getting this role um, so but it's not it's not a necessary thing right um, because there are product managers at Canva and at multiple different companies it also very much depends on the company that have like a data background or a software engineering background like the head of product at Canva um, before um, studied zoology in university right um, so they all have very different spikes from their own experiences that really help contribute. But yeah, so that's on the hard skills sort of stuff. But I would say in terms of soft skills, um, really the most important thing is being that communicator. So it's like you're piecing things together for other people. Um, you are over communicating, so nothing slips through the cracks um, and probably decision-making. So sometimes you have to make calls um, or sometimes you're asking people for their thoughts on a call, um, but you need to be the person who's like, yeah, we're going in this direction, we're not going in this direction. Um, and there will be um, sometimes pushback, but uh, it's like sticking with um, your hypotheses um, and decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned that product management involves lots of decision making. Um, mm-hmm. Has there been a time when the product vision you strongly believed in did not match what your senior management or your team believed in? And how did you overcome that challenge? Yeah, Um, I would say I probably haven't faced that uh, to like a very significant degree. It's like um, most things where there's been pushback um, have been resolved like pretty simply, just like from having a conversation, understanding their points of view, and then kind of countering that, oh, like, um, for example, I was running to 
run a experiment um, like a month or two ago and the product manager who owned that area of uh, product was kind of like, no, please don't do that. Like, we don't want that for X, Y, Z reason. Um, and it's just really like coming back to them going like um, the circumstances that you're in. So for this one, it was really just an experiment. So this was kind of fine for it to be rolled out because it didn't have a significant impact to many people. Um, and could also <clears throat> guarantee a lot of uh, net positive benefits for our team, right? Um, and for the overall company. So it's like making those trade-offs is really important. Um, and I would say like that is a significant part. So it's like, there is a bit of like, there's an element of persuasion um, in being able to share your vision with people and getting them on board um, is the main thing to combat that sort of issue. So Hannah, thank you for sharing your experience in Canva. Uh, moving on, we'd like to discuss a bit more about uh, your startup next chapter. So how do you come up with the idea of next chapter and what's your inspiration behind it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess the motivation for next chapter really came from my dissatisfaction with careers education um, in schools and more broadly. Um, <clears throat> and the reason why I say this is um, during high school, I also started my own business that was called Yaka, where we connected uh, high school students to quality work experience. And the reason why I did that was because I felt like a lot of high school students weren't getting um, an understanding of the careers that were available beyond um, high school. And they were choosing degrees um, that were going to be like 30, 40, 50K. Um, and they weren't going to enjoy it. And they would come out of it realizing that that degree wasn't actually what they wanted to do. So that's kind of like where it started with Yaka. But then I guess um, in terms of the next chapter, I realized like that the problem kept um, continuing, right? Like I saw a lot of my friends who are, um, say, like pursuing a law degree, um, but they realized um, halfway through that they actually hated law and there were like zero job prospects in law. Um, and so a part of that was wanting to educate people better to think more deeper on their career. Um, I feel like I constantly have existential crises over my career, um, which is why I've always looked into it. I've always like researched into the subject, just like talked to so many people about it. And I wanted to share those learnings. And another thing was, I also felt like there were different external pressures for people that they faced. Um, and so what I mean by that is I saw a lot of my friends that were very smart, intelligent people who were very ambitious as well, who would go down like that finance track or um that like law medicine engineering track um they would end up working at like really large companies so like hedge funds investment banks um consulting all that sort of stuff which is kind of what a lot of people in society hype up as like dream career because it pays you so well all that sort of stuff um but my rationale was why are we um having like all these smart intelligent people kind of like the top one percent um, of students going down these career paths where they could go into other careers if they knew about it, had the opportunities and access um, and just realized what was out there outside of that and what careers maybe would align with their values more um, and actually make an impact rather than feel like they were invisible in these like three letter acronym companies like PwC and et cetera. Um, so that's kind of the rationale for um, why I started next chapter and also just like um, I really love connecting students with like opportunities and uh, like lifelong mentors like previously we ran a mentor program and it's like really great to see um, students maintain a relationship with 
um, all these people and constantly have these learnings. So that's that's why that's the motivation, I suppose. Yeah, so you talked about how lots of um, students go through different degrees that they don't necessarily um, have any interest in and they end mm -hmm. up following through and taking on those jobs in the future. Mm -hmm. So if someone is doing, um, say, a degree that they dislike mm -hmm. and they've been doing it for a few years and it's already like a sunk cost, right? Because you can't get yeah. those few years back. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend for them to do? Yeah. So I guess my response to that is one part, um, sunk cost fallacy is a huge scam just in life, right? Because I think a lot of people think about their life in a very, um, like kind of a snapshot way. So like, um, I guess the average lifespan of a person is um, 80 years or something, like around that mark, right? Um, especially if you're in like a, like a developed country like Australia. And so what I'd say is like that two or three years in comparison to 20 years of working in a career, um is is like incomparable um so I would say like if you're in that position it is fine to take a break like I have so many friends that are in positions like that um but I think what the issue is is realizing that um you are not competing against anyone else there is no race for you to get a grad role before your friends all that sort of stuff because it's not competitive because you guys aren't racing the same race right you all have individual goals um, your own measurement of success so um, like comparing yourself with other people um, isn't like shouldn't be your metric of success right it should be against your own um, barometer of success and so uh, my practical advice to that would be um, literally take a break like pause university for six months or something or like a semester and then um, go either find some work experience or meet people. And the reason why I say that is because <clears throat> um, like practical experience is probably what's gonna help you the most rather than maybe like watching YouTube videos or reading blog posts. Like it's actually gonna make an impact in what you're learning because um, experiences are one of the biggest ways to actually learn things. Um, so see if you can get an internship, like even if it's unpaid, um, like, uh, and if you don't have the means, there's plenty of other opportunities such as um, volunteering while maybe like you work part-time or something. Um, and at the same time, try and network and reach out to people, maybe in careers that you're interested in, right? So if you're studying a law degree and you hate your law degree, then, and you wanna be a designer, well, then you should be talking to designers and learning more about how they got to where they are, um, how you can go into that sort of role. Um, if design is even something you like, um, I'm a huge advocate for the idea of testing the waters before you commit to something um, because that like you need to have a level of focus but if you're not committed to the idea of whatever you're focusing on then you're just gonna like end up hating um, the entire experience of whatever you're working on. So earlier you mentioned that you're a big advocate for networking so what's one advice that you would give to students who is listening right now who wants to network more effectively? Yeah, um, my advice would be find out, like, like A, define who you're networking with and why you're networking with these people. 
um, because I would say that the vast majority of people will go to networking events and they'll show up there. Um, they won't actually know why they're going to these networking events. Like they'll be like, oh, like my friends are going, therefore I should be going. Like this sounds professional. This sounds like it's progressing my career, but it's actually not that effective because what you find at most networking events is the key people that you want to meet, for example, like employers or potential mentors are probably too busy to attend a networking event. And these networking events are going to be like 70, 80% students that are going around in circles and meeting new people. Like networking events are effective, but they connect you with people at a similar level as you in terms of your career. Um, and they don't actually give you access to more nuanced people who can actually help you more. Um, so what I would recommend instead is like, you can still go to these, especially if there's people that you know will be there and like research into them, um, target those people because like those people will probably see like 20 students like yourself. Um, so if you've like done your research and you can um, have a great conversation with them, then it works well. But what I would recommend doing is instead is like literally building a LinkedIn profile. Um, uh, this is especially if you're like a business student. If you're interested in design or something, then maybe you build like a Dribbble portfolio or something on Behance, right? Um, like find the platform where the people you're interested in meeting are congregated and then start just reaching out to people. Um, of course, like you can have a better quality reach out, but I would just say like, just start. And over time, you will get better in terms of reach outs. Like you understand like the social cues and like LinkedIn messaging and all those like hidden rules of networking. Um, but if you don't start, then you won't figure that out. Um, and also like you'll, you'll figure out over time that not everyone's going to have time for you, right? Like you're going to get a lot of no's. Um, and that's just the fact of it. But like the more people you reach out to, then the more people that are going to respond to you at some point. Yeah, and on the topic of networking, so how can Next Chapter help students um, with meaningful, creating meaningful connections? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So with Next Chapter, um, we're at, in the process right now of rolling out a mentor program. So we have uh, around 30 to 40 mentors, um, really growing up that list um, from people in consulting, data, uh, media communications, advertising, products, like you name it, like every kind of industry and role. Um, and we're connecting like really great people who are keen to learn from these people um, who really want to be coached by um, just like leaders and mentors, um, people with years of experience um, in their career. Um, and we're just connecting them. So literally like if you subscribe to Next Chapter, like in our next email, you'll probably see um, a link to be able to start um, like to join this mentor program. Um, it is an application, like there is an application process, um, but I think just like give it a shot. Uh, we'd be keen, like if you're super keen and you show that through your application, like we'd love to connect you with someone to help out with your career. Um, I would say also another way that we're trying to build meaningful relationships. So um, we run like events um, where you could potentially meet interesting people um, and soon in the future, uh, probably around next month, um, we'll be launching our first uh, community. So it'll be a Slack community where you can meet um, amazing people your age in terms of careers. And we'll also uh, um, be aiming to get recruiters and um, 
like HR managers um, in that Slack channel so you can get noticed by different companies. I'll be honest, I'm a huge fan of Next Chapter. Like I personally subscribe uh, to the newsletter and congratulations on getting to 7,000 followers. I feel like that's a huge achievement. So what's the next big goal for Next Chapter? Um, so I would say the next goal for us is to really scale out like one that uh, community that I talked about um, and also scale out our audience. So I think the reason why is because we want to reach as many people as possible with this advice. Um, we really want to help you accelerate your career. Um, and in terms of the community, like I think it's a huge driver. Like um, it's like you are the sum of your the five closest people, you know, your five friends. Um, and so like I think that really resonates inside a community because if you're surrounded by so many talented, ambitious, smart individuals your age um, and also people um, like mentors who are giving their own advice and all that, I think that is a real catalyst for um, helping people figure out what they want to do, meeting a potential co-founder, employer, um, like just really close lifelong friend, right? Um, so I think that is the next kind of horizon for next chapter right now. I'm super excited for it as well. So the big question, have you considered pursuing next chapter full time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's an interesting question. Um, I did definitely think about that. Um, and to be honest, it's something I constantly think about, right? Um, I think in terms of that, though, I kind of see my work in Canberra is like kind of secondary to like um, like a university degree. Like I'm learning a lot here. I'm working with teams constantly. I'm understanding all that and that nuance. And I'm like constantly wanting to immerse myself in startups. Um, but I would say, yeah, like I would say maybe at some point, like it really depends on how much we scale. Um, if we're profitable, like hell yeah, I would work on <laughs> um, if we had that capital and for sure um but yeah so like next chapter is something I, I see myself definitely working on at least for a few years um and seeing where it, where it goes um but at the moment uh no solid plans yet so thank you Hannah for sharing your experience as a product manager at Canva as well as your passion project at next chapter and lastly we just want to conclude this podcast with a few words of advice so for those first year students who are listening to this podcast right now, what's, uh, what are some you know, um, advice that you would like to give them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I'd recommend if you're a first year student um, to think really deeply in terms of what careers interest you. And when I, say, when I say career, I don't mean in like the label sense of like, oh, I want to be uh, a doctor or I want to be a civil engineer or a software engineer because you'll find like that there are a lot of career titles that don't sound sexy at all like you'll find like operations manager you'll find um like copywriter all that sort of stuff but sometimes uh like people love those careers right so so don't think of your career as a title um and all that sort of stuff and like I say that preemptively like you should think about your careers if you're a first year student um but think about like what problems you care about what industries you care about um over the next years I think like things like health and transport and um, the environment like there's going to be such a change in the industries there and there are huge problem areas there right um like with housing or um like 
sustainable products, all that sort of stuff. So think about what are the problems that you care about and how you can be a driver and find careers in that area. Like I think a lot of people, um, especially like um, younger people, maybe lower socioeconomic areas or like even just like Asian kind of descent, all that sort of stuff, right? It's just uh, there is a culture where you need to do this standard uh, pathway of like different careers that your parents told you to or um, your cousins, like your auntie said, like paid really well or whatever. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if you're really good at what you do and you add a lot of value, then you can find ways to monetize whatever you want, right? Like there are people on TikTok that are doing the most random things and they're getting paid for it, right? Um, and that applies to so many things because the internet has just brought in so many opportunities. Like your careers aren't defined by these 12 careers that you learned about when you were in school and all that sort of stuff, like a lawyer, um, civil engineer, like uh, electrician, all that sort of stuff, right? Like there are so many more opportunities now um, and the internet will keep opening more opportunities. So like find those opportunities, explore them um, and just try things out because that's the only way you like learn if you actually enjoy something. Um, so that's, that's the advice I would give to a first year uni student. Thank you, Hannah, for giving us insight into your role as a product manager and entrepreneur and telling us how students can make meaningful connections and purposeful decisions throughout their uni life and career. We hope you enjoyed the episode and as readers of Next Chapter ourselves, we really recommend you subscribe to the newsletter for career advice, interview resources and mentoring opportunities. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode of the DigiDive podcast and we'll see you in the next one.